Greg's, Greg's new nickname is Mr. Morality. He, uh, he pulls that off very well. We had a very fun time making that video. Um, here's my question for you. Anybody ever met the guy from that video? And I don't mean Greg, but like the guy portrayed in that video. Anybody ever met that guy? Um, the guy or the girl, if you're a girl in here, that I've been telling you for the past several weeks that I want all of us to avoid becoming, right? Like the super religious, arrogant, prideful, annoying, people cannot stand to be around us Christians. Um, I, I've told you uh, several times that I grew up around a lot of these kinds of people. Growing up in the church, and, and maybe you're here for the very first time, and you've never done church before, right? Maybe you're here, you're visiting, a friend invited you, you just got tired of them asking you every week, so you decided to come, so they'd leave you alone and get off your back, and you're here, and you saw that video, and you're like, yep, that's a Christian to me. That's how I view Christians. Here's what I'd say to you. I grew up in church... And for the longest time, that's how I viewed Christians, okay? Like, I grew up in a place where I believed that being a Christian looked like this. It meant that you prayed a prayer at some point because you didn't want to go to hell, right? Nobody wants to go to hell, so you pray a prayer so you don't have to go there. And then after you pray that prayer, what you do is you try really hard to be really good so that God will really like you. So I remember growing up in church and being a kid who heard a while ago about hell and it's hot and it's scary and do you want to go there? No, I don't want to go there. Tell me what I have to do to not go there. I'll say anything you want me to say to anybody if I don't have to go there. And then here's my life. Okay, cool. I prayed that so now um, I won't cuss. I won't drink beer. I won't smoke cigarettes with my friends. I won't watch certain kind of movies. I won't listen to certain kind of music. I won't dress certain kind of ways, Right? And, and here's the other part of that. While I'm doing all of those things, I'm going to make sure that everybody, everybody else around me that's not doing those same kind of things knows that unless they change their ways, dude, it's turn or burn, right? Like Greg said at the end of the video, dude, turn from your ways or you burn. And so I grew up in this system that said, pray this prayer, do these things, stay away from worldly people so you're not contaminated by their filth, and just try as hard as you can to be as good as you can until you die. Now, let me tell you what happened in my life. I got very tired, and I got very frustrated, and I was this close to bailing on Christianity. And, and here's the reason, because I never felt like I could keep up. Like it seemed too hard. I, I would get to a place where I'd be doing really good, and then I would mess up. I'd sin, I'd fall, I'd make a dumb decision, and then I'd start feeling really guilty, like, man, I had messed up, now God's mad at me. I didn't feel like I could go talk to God and even ask for forgiveness because he didn't want to hear from me. Why would he want to hear from me? Look what I just did. And so what I would do now is I would clean myself up and try to be really good again and work really hard to be a really good Christian so that I could go back to God and say, God, look how good I've been. Sorry for what I did Back there, can we start over only to mess up again and for the cycle to start over? And, and listen, I'm telling you, in my life, that cycle happened over and over and over and over and over again until it came to a point where I said, dude, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to be done. I can't keep up with this. I feel guilty all the time. If being a Christian means I pray a prayer and I try to be good and I'm always guilty, 
then I don't know if I want to do this. And, and here's what happened. I came this close to bailing. Many of my closest friends that I love dearly to this day bailed and are far gone, right? They stopped trying to pursue Jesus a long, long, long time ago. Here's what I think would be true of many of us sitting in the room tonight. I think some of you in the room tonight get what I'm talking about because you're in this place right now. Like some of you guys came to church tonight because you felt guilty. Um, you know, you, you just wondered what other people in God would think if you didn't. It's not that you really care to be here. It's just like, man, I got to check this off my list. Some of you guys, again, have bought into this idea that following Jesus is about praying a prayer and trying hard to be good and keep the rules to keep God off your back. Some of you are this close to bailing. Some of you guys that are here probably have already jumped ship because it's gotten too hard. And here's what I think your issue is. I think your issue is what my issue was. And here's your issue. You have Jesus very confused with religion. That, that's your issue. I think that's why so many of you are so frustrated, you're so tired, you feel so beat up, you feel so guilty, you feel ready to throw in the towel. It's the reason some of you already have. It's because you have gotten Jesus. And I did this when I was your age. Man, I, I wish I would have heard a message like you're going to hear tonight when I was in high school. I feel like it would have answered a lot of my questions. Many of you are here tonight and you've gotten Jesus confused with religion and you feel defeated. My prayer for you tonight is that God would set you free. Some of you in this place tonight, you feel so guilty over something that you've done. My prayer tonight is that the grace and the love of God would overcome that guilt and you would feel new again in Jesus. Some of you don't know Jesus and you're here tonight and I'm glad you're here. You could not be here on a better night when we're going to talk about who Jesus is and what a relationship with him looks like. But some of you, the reason you don't want to follow Jesus, you came to church, but the reason you don't want to follow Jesus is because when you think about Jesus, you're not thinking about Jesus, you're thinking about religion. My prayer for you tonight is that you would see religion for what it is and Jesus for who he is, and you would leave this place with a relationship with him and that your eternity would be changed. That's what's my prayer for you tonight. This message is going to be different. Usually what I do at this point in my talk is I say, let's open up this book to this passage, and I'm going to teach you this passage. Tonight's going to be a little different. Tonight, we're not going to do that. Tonight, I'm going to teach you some big, foundational, biblical truths about religion and Jesus. And man, I want you to take notes. I want you to write this down. This is one of those messages you need to go to school tomorrow. You need to be sharing with people. You need to post it on your Facebook tonight, all right? So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I want you to write down about religion and about Jesus. Religion is about rules. Jesus is about relationships. I'll give you a picture of religion, okay? Religion says this. Religion says you must do this. You must follow this rule. You can't do this. And by doing all these things, what you do is you please God. You make God accept you. You make God love you. You make God forgive you. It's almost like you earning your way to God, okay? So Picture religion like this. If there was this big mountain and God was on top and all of us are standing at the bottom and we're trying to figure out how to get there, religion would say this. Religion would go, well, that's easy. There's this path over here and it's called the be good path. And as long as you're good and as long as you follow all these rules, you can climb up this path and you can get to where God is. That's religion. It's about rules. It's about checklists. It's about do's. It's about don'ts. 
Christianity is completely different. Here's Christianity, using that same illustration. Christianity is this mountain. God is on top. You and I are standing at the bottom and we see Him. And we go, how in the world can I get to where He is? And here's what Christianity would say. You can't. You can't get to where He is. You can't do enough good things. You can't follow enough rules. You can't make up for all the things you've done wrong in life. There's no way that you can ever get to where He is up on top of the mountain. The good news of Christianity is this. is God sees that and God comes down the mountain to get us. That's Christianity. Christianity is... 2,000 years ago, God wrapped himself in flesh and came into this world as a man named Jesus Christ to come and to rescue a bunch of people who could never make their way to him. Jesus came and he died in our place for our sins so that we could be loved and accepted by God. He came to this earth to make a way for you and for me to have a relationship with the God who spoke this creation into being. This big, holy, amazing God who loves you tonight more than you will ever understand and ever comprehend. Guys, if you're here tonight and you think a relationship with God is about rules and checklists. I have good news for you. You can put them away. You can put them away. God's not interested in that. God wants a relationship with you. And he proved that through his son, Jesus Christ. He came after you. I said this a few weeks ago, man. Jesus came after us. He pursued us. This is the difference between religion and Christianity. Jesus wants a relationship with every single one of you sitting in this room. And he, he doesn't want you to get caught up. If you're a believer, listen to me. He doesn't want you to get so caught up in your checklist that, that you miss out on the relationship with him. Another illustration. I love my wife dearly. If I had a checklist hanging on my fridge every day of how I was supposed to love my wife, right? Like cook her breakfast, buy her flowers, say I love you before I leave, um, come home and make her dinner, call her or text her throughout the day. And I just came home and every day that was on the fridge and I, okay, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that. Okay, awesome. And at the end of the day, my wife must feel really loved. I checked everything off. How ridiculous does that sound? You know what my wife wants? She could care less about a stupid checklist like that. She wants her husband to spend time with her. Jesus wants you to spend time with him, and he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't care about your checklist. He wants you to pick this book up. He wants you to read it so you can hear from him. He wants you to pray so that you can talk to him. He wants you to come and worship like this on nights like this so that you can celebrate how good he is and all that he's done for you. He wants you to go out into the world and to be like him and to love people and to serve people. And you know what Jesus does when you develop an actual relationship with him? Here's what he does. Over time, he makes you more and more and more and more and more like him. That's Christianity. Religion, it's about rules. Christianity, Jesus, it's about relationships. I'll give you another one. Write this down if you're taking notes. Religion addresses symptoms. Jesus addresses problems. Religion addresses symptoms. Jesus addresses problems. Any of you guys ever had like surgery or hurt yourself? You had to be on pain medicine? Yes, me too. Listen, a week ago, I came in here and uh, my hand was about four times the size as it is right now. Um, I got a call from my doctor this weekend. I had MRSA. It's like an antibiotic 
strain of staph infection, okay? Um, I've been hanging out with the North Palm football boys. I know some of them are over here, and I think some of them have had it, and I think I picked it up from them. They're disgusting dudes. I don't know what it is, but um, I think that's where I got it. I grew up playing sports, man, since I was six years old in locker rooms and nasty, sweaty dudes, and I never had it until now. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. But... Dude, here's the deal. My hand, I would never wish this on any of you guys because it was so painful. It was ridiculous. They gave me 800 milligram ibuprofen tablets along with hydrocodone tablets, okay? Um, At night, at night, listen, at night my hand would throb so bad I would have to take both of those just to be able to sleep. Now, here's what would happen. I would take those pain pills and it would address the symptoms I was having. Like it would take care of the pain. I could fall asleep, but about 2.30 in the morning, the symptoms would come back. And I'd have to get up and I'd have to walk downstairs to my kitchen and pop another pain pill and go back to sleep. And, and here's why. As great as those pain pills were because they addressed symptoms, they never addressed my problem, which is I had a dirty, nasty infection in my hand, right? That, that was the problem. Religion, religion is the same way. It addresses symptoms. Religion says you need to spend all of your time trying to fix what you feel like is wrong with you. So those areas of your life that you struggle in, areas of your life that seem broken, whether it's your mouth. I mean, you you talk horrible, right? I've been here. I used to cuss like a sailor um, back in the day and uh, filthy mouth, man. Um, Sexual temptation. Maybe you struggle with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe you struggle with things you look at on the internet. Um, Maybe some of you guys are here and you struggle with things you watch. Maybe some of you guys do listen to just stuff that's, you know, garbage. I I don't know. Here's what religion says. Religion says you need to fix those things. Grab those things by the horns and take them and wrestle them to the ground and beat them. Fix what's wrong with you. While the whole time you're just addressing symptoms. Jesus came to fix The deeper issue. And you know what the deeper issue is? That according to this book, every single one of us in the room are sinful people who want to do sinful things. That's the problem. This book says that if we don't know Jesus, spiritually we're dead. The Bible says even if we do know Jesus, there's still a part of us called our flesh that always wants to sin. That's the problem. If you struggle tonight with something... Religion, again, would say, well, clean yourself up. Jesus goes, no, 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 let's address the problem. Let's fix the problem. The problem is your sinful, wicked, evil heart that results in all these things that you want to do. That's what Jesus says. Listen, 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that Jesus came to this earth to fix this problem. Listen to what it says. It says, for our sake, God, he made him, Jesus, to be sin." Who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let, let me make this easy for you to understand. So God sends Jesus into the world. He wants a relationship with us. We can't get to him. Jesus comes into the world to give his life on a cross, to die in our place for our sins. At that cross, on that cross, Jesus became your sin. Uh, let me make it even simpler for you. Jesus became your filthy mouth at the cross. Like at the cross, Jesus became your sexual temptation. Let's make it even easier, okay? At the cross, 
Jesus became someone who cusses like a sailor instead of you being there. Jesus became the porn addict at the cross. Jesus became the guy who keeps messing up with his girlfriend. Jesus became the girl who keeps watching things that she should have never watched. Like Jesus at the cross became all of those things for you and for me. And here's why he did it. So that God could punish him in our place. So that he would never have to punish us for all the things that we've done wrong. God made Jesus into our sin so that he could take hell out on Jesus so that we would never have to experience what that's like. Jesus was separated from God at the cross because he became your sin and he became my sin. Listen to me. Jesus is about fixing deep, sinful problems. He's not just here to fix symptoms. He's here to fix problems. So listen to me, students. It's not your job to fix yourself. Man, if you constantly struggle with something, I remember being the kid in the seat who struggled with a particular issue that I'm not going to talk about in front of you tonight, but I struggled with something, and man, I would do so good for so long, and I'd blow it, I'd mess up, and I would try to wrestle it back down to the ground and get a hold of it and manage it, and I never could. You know why? Because I never understood it was not my job to fix myself. That's Jesus' job. Some of you guys tonight, you need to quit so hard trying to fix yourself. Some of you, for the first time, you need to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and place your faith in Him, trust Him as the one who came to this earth to save you from your sins and to give you eternal life. And the Bible says when you do that, Jesus starts working on you. He starts working on the problem, which is your sin. And over time, as you pursue Jesus, He works on your heart. He works on your desires. He works on your mind. And you're still going to mess up at times, and you're still going to fall. But the Bible in Philippians 1 says that Jesus will never quit working on you until the day you see Him face to face after this life is over. Guys, Jesus, He fixes problems. We don't fix problems. Religion addresses symptoms. Jesus addresses problems. Here, write this one down. Religion is driven by guilt. Religion is driven by guilt. A relationship with Jesus is driven by love. Here's what religion says. Religion says, look at all you've done wrong. Look at all you've screwed up. Don't you feel pretty bad about that? Here's how you compensate Here's how you can be a better person. If you really want God to like you, really want Him to be pleased with you, then again, here's the checklist. Don't do this, don't do that. And at the end of your life, you'll be able to stand before God and hopefully your good will outweigh your bad and and you'll get to enter into heaven, nirvana, paradise, whatever you want to call it. That's what religion says. It guilts you in to doing things so that hopefully God will like you and after this life is over, he'll, He'll... usher you into his kingdom, right? That's what religion says. Jesus is completely different. You see, when we pursue Jesus and we want to be like Jesus, we do that as a result of us loving Jesus because we realize how much Jesus loves us. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, you see how badly you've screwed up. You see all you've done wrong. You see all the mistakes you've made. Jesus says, you don't need to do anything. 
You don't need to compensate for that. Jesus says, I've already taken care of it. At the cross, I became your sin, and it is dead, and it is gone, and it's done with. There's nothing you need to do. And at the end of your life, when you stand face to face before God one day, and God says, why should I let you into my kingdom? Instead of you going, well, I was a good person. I Here's my checklist. I did all those things. You get to point to Jesus and just simply say, I'm with him. I'm with him. That's, that's why. Because of him. You see, we pursue Jesus and we follow Jesus, not out of guilt, but because of how much we love him. And we love him because we understand how much he's loved us. That's what Jesus says. Follow me because you love me, not because you feel guilty. Following Jesus has nothing to do with guilt. Now, I will say this before I give you the next one. There are times as followers of Jesus where you will feel conviction. You're going to have times where if you truly know Jesus and you're trying to live your life in a way that's contrary to how Jesus has called you to live your life, there are times where you're going to feel the the pull, man, and you're going to know that what you're doing is completely against who Jesus is and what he wants you to be as his kid, as his follower, as his friend. And so you're going to come to these places in life. And again, maybe it is you um, watching stuff you shouldn't. And maybe it is sexual temptation. Maybe it is the way you talk and you're a follower of Jesus. You're going to feel conviction about it. You're going to feel the weight of it. But here's the difference between conviction and guilt. Guilt pushes you to the ground and keeps you there. Conviction pushes you to the ground and then picks you back up and pushes you on to keep going. That's the difference. Remember 1 John 2, man, Jesus is in the presence of God right now, and he's our defender. Every time you mess up, Jesus is looking at God and going, I paid for that, I paid for that, I paid for that. And God says, you just need to come, and you need to tell me what you've done, agree with me that it's sin, and let's keep going. We've got more important things to worry about than how bad you feel, right? We've got work to do. We've got a world who needs hope and needs eternal life, and it's our job to take it to them. We have no time to feel guilty over our past It's time to let it go. Jesus is done with it. You need to be done with it as well. Religion wants to throw it in your face. Jesus says, no, 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 it's over. It's over. Let me give you another one. Religion is burdensome. Religion is burdensome. Knowing Jesus is freeing. I wish, as a high school kid, somebody could have explained to me how freeing a relationship with Jesus Christ really is. Religion is burdensome. It makes people tired. Here's what religion focuses on. Religion focuses on everything you can't do and everything you have to give up. You know what Jesus focuses on? Jesus focuses on everything you get to do and everything you gain. That's what Jesus is focused on. And if you're here tonight, and if you know Jesus, you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever heard somebody say, I can't follow Jesus right now because I have to give up too much. I have to quit this, I have to quit this, I have to give up this friend. Like, I can't do Jesus right now, I have to give up too much. That's a person that has Jesus confused with religion. Because here's what you know when you know Jesus. You understand that you haven't given up anything, but you have gained everything. 
When you know Jesus, you gain eternal life. You get to enter into a relationship with a God who loves you and created everything you see and things you can't see and can't comprehend. You get to know that after this life is over, you'll stand in his presence and you're forgiven and you're free and you're loved. You'll get to know, man, that you are living life exactly how God intended it to be and that one day you're going to live in his kingdom that's going to be free of sin and you're going to live life again how he intended it to be if you know jesus it is a freeing thing you get to live your life for something that matters you get to live your life for things that bear on eternity things that have an eternal impact when you live for jesus you get to show up in his kingdom one day and see people there who you may never have met in this life but your life mattered to them and they're there because of you See, knowing Jesus is freeing. That's why Jesus says in John 8, 36, man, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Religion is tiring and it's burdensome. Knowing Jesus is freeing. If you don't know him, I hope you come to know him tonight. Let let me give you one more and we'll close. And this is key. Religion leads to death. Jesus leads to life. Religion in the end leads to death. Jesus leads to life. Guys, if you're here tonight and all you're trying to do is fix yourself, all you're trying to do is prove yourself to God, you're being driven by guilt, all you can focus on is what you have to give up and what you can't do. Guys, living with that mindset in the end leads to death. Proverbs 14, 12 says this, says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Religion may seem right and it may seem natural, right? Doesn't religion seem natural? There's this God out there that I need to prove myself to. And if I can just prove myself to him, in the end, I think I'll be okay. That seems natural, that seems right. Listen to me, that way of thinking leads to death. Jesus makes no sense. Jesus says, yeah, you're a screw-up, you're a failure, you've made mistakes that you can't forgive yourself for. I've forgiven you. I love you in spite of all of it. And I want a relationship with you. And I want to rescue you. I want you to have forgiveness of your sins through me so that after this life is over, you can spend eternity in my presence and we'll live together for the rest of eternity together how I intended it to be in the beginning. Jesus and Jesus alone leads to life. That's why Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. In John 10, 10, he said, I came to give life and to give it abundantly. In John 3, 16, Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him would what? Not perish, but have eternal life. Guys, there are many things in this world that promise to make you feel alive. Jesus and him alone leads to life. It's him. It's him or it's nothing. Jesus leads to life. Here's why it's so important for us to get this tonight as we wrap up this series. Let me tell you why it's so important. Because if you guys really want to see your schools change this year, 
If you guys want to see some of your friends changed, if you want to see some of your families changed, if you want to see some of your sports teams changed, if you want God to do things in your life that matters both here and for eternity, if you want God to do things in and through you that cannot be explained away, if you truly want to be known as a follower of Jesus who is characterized by love for God and love for people, and guys, the world around us has got to see a bunch of people who love Jesus more than anything the world could ever offer us. Not a bunch of people who talk, but a bunch of people who actually live out what we say we believe, do what this book says, who take the call in our lives seriously to be like Jesus in this world. Here's the thing. That's never going to happen if you're caught up in religion. It will never happen. Guys, if you're inviting people into religion, you're never going to change your school. If you're caught up in religion, you're never going to see your team come to know Jesus. If you're trying to convince your family how religion is so awesome, they're never going to listen to you. But man, if you fall in love with Jesus and you pursue a real relationship with Him, the people around you start to take notice of that. Guys, tonight, if you're caught up in religion, I'm asking you to trade it in. If you're caught up in trying to fix yourself, guys, start following Jesus and let him change you from the inside out. Guys, tonight, if you are convinced that Christianity is simply about you changing behavior and being a good little boy and a good little girl, I'm asking you tonight to start believing that Jesus truly loves you and to love him in return. Guys, trade in religion. Pursue him above everything else you could ever pursue every single day. And let Jesus make you more and more and more like him. And I promise God will do in your life more than you can ever ask or imagine. I promise. You want to know how I know that? Because there's a guy standing on stage, man, who God changed. And I'm not standing up here because I have nothing better to do. I'm not standing up here because ministry makes anybody rich. I could have done a lot of other things and make a lot more money. Guys, I'm standing up here because God set me free from religion. And man, I love Jesus and I want you to know him like I know him because it is the most freeing thing you could ever do with your life is to follow him. Guys, if you don't know him tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. To trust him as the one who came to save you from your sins, and to offer you a relationship with God. For the rest of us, we're caught up in religion. Let's lay it down tonight, man. Let's quit living under the guilt and burden of that. And let's truly start following Jesus. Listen, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. Again, if you're here tonight, and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe tonight, if your life were over, you have no idea what eternity looks like for you. Right now, life is about you, and maybe you're trying to be a good person in some areas so that hopefully, man, you know, at the end of the the day, at the end of your life, you'll have some things to present to God about why He should love you, and Here's what I'm asking. Just stop. Stop. 
Maybe you're here tonight and you feel so guilty about your past and things you've done. And you don't think there's any way God could love you. Listen to me. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his one and only son into the world to become your sin and to pay the penalty for everything you've done wrong so that you could have a relationship with him. He loves you. Tonight, if you don't know Jesus, put aside everything that's keeping you back. And here's what I would ask you to do. Tonight, in your heart, you can just confess right in your seat that you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone. The Bible says if you confess in your heart that Jesus is Lord or confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that He will save you. There's no magic prayer that saves anybody, but again, you, you can just say something like this to God as your confession. You can say, God, tonight I realize that there is nothing I can do to earn your love and acceptance. God, tonight I realize there's nothing I have to do to earn your love and acceptance. God, tonight I see that you love me in spite of me, in spite of all I've done wrong, in spite of all the mistakes I made. God, and I see that in Jesus. God, and tonight I believe and I confess that Jesus Christ, he paid for my sins on that cross. He became my sin and he took my punishment so that I could enter into a relationship with you. I believe he raised from the dead so that I could have eternal life. And God, tonight I place my faith and my trust in him and him alone as my Savior and as my Lord. God, tonight I'm asking you to forgive me. Wipe the slate clean. I want to pursue Jesus for the rest of my life. God, start changing me right now tonight from the inside out. Make me a new creation. God, thank you for your salvation that is found in Jesus and in Him alone. God says you pray that, you confess that, you believe that. He saves you. He will save you. And you're His kid now. And you can have a hope in this life and you can have a hope for the next to know that God will never leave you, never forsake you. He will walk with you. And one day after this life is, is over, you'll step into eternity face to face with Him as a child who is loved and accepted by God. Tonight, I want to pray for you if you've made a decision to trust Jesus as your Savior. And nobody's looking around. We're going to pray for a bunch of other people too. But man, if you pray that tonight, would you just do me a favor? Throw your hand up right where you sit, right in your seat. I just want to see you. I want to pray for you. Just throw it up in the air real high. I want to see it. I see that hand. Who else, man? I see this hand. I see these hands over here to the left. Praise God. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters in Jesus. My new brothers and sisters in Jesus. God, I pray right now in this moment, God, that they feel your love. They feel your goodness, your grace, and your compassion. God, I pray that right now in this moment, you start changing their hearts, changing their desires, changing their minds. God, every day help them to see how good Jesus is really is. 
God, don't let them ever slip back into or settle for religion again. Thank you, God. We have nothing to prove to you, nothing to earn from you. God, but you've given us everything in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for my new brothers and sisters. God, thank you that tonight eternal destinies were changed. God, we have new brothers and sisters to spend eternity with. God, and we celebrate that. God, you are so good. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. For the rest of you, I want you to look at me for a minute. If you're caught up in religion, tonight's the night to kill it. It's the night, it's the night to kill it. If there's somebody in here who say you know Jesus, but you're caught up in sin, let me tell you something. Jesus died for your sin so that you could kill your sin. Tonight, it's time for some of you guys to get on your knees and to confess and to repent and then to get back up and to keep following Jesus. There's a world outside these walls that need to know the hope that we know. We have no time for religion, no time for guilt. The Bible says in Romans 8, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We take a stand, we tell the world about how we are loved and and how good our God is. And we watch what he does in and through us. And we sit back and watch him do things that cannot be explained by us. Tonight, I want us to sing this song as a prayer. As our hearts cry, God, we need you. We don't need religion. We don't need rules. We don't need checklists. We need you. And we want you. Stand to your feet. Sing this with me.